Welcome to Rap in Order, the interrogation of a hip-hop album, where we take some of the culture's most beloved hip-hop albums, put them on the stand, see if they stood the test of time. Now let's see who we got on the stand today. Welcome to another episode of Rap in Order. I'm First Class Reg. And I'm Torian B. And today, of course, we are joined by that Avila's guy. Yo. Um, and we're getting into an album. Well, no, before we get into an album, it's been a little minute since we all sat down. How's everybody doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. Um... You know, Halloween just passed, mm-hmm. and you know, as usual, I did not celebrate. But for the <laughs> month, you of, had like a didn't you? Yeah, I watched I watched thirty one horror movies in thirty one days. Okay, so that was pretty cool. Which one was your favorite? Um, any ones that you didn't see before? You wanna know? I, I never like so when we were listening, I never watched the Poltergeist. Oh, I watched it, and that movie is just about gentrification. You know what's crazy? I haven't seen it in a long time. Nah, it was mad funny, bro. It's just about just. I haven't seen it in a while. That's crazy. I have this thing. Um, it's not that I dislike horror films. It's that I don't like scary movies where I can't punch my way out of it if I was in the position. So like, all the 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 like (laughs) um, demonic, uh, uh, spiritual or like like sci fi shit scares Mm -hmm. the fuck out of me. I don't want to watch. I don't want to pay. I don't want to. Want to go get scared? Yeah, no, yeah. I, I understand what you're saying, but the funny thing is, none of those movies scared. Like I watched them and I wasn't scared at none of them. Just I did realize this though: the Goat film franchise is The Conjuring. Nah, all right. So my ex watched The Conjuring, and it's very well put. I didn't realize all it's a universe. Movies. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. from the Nun to the uh, yeah. it's The Conjuring, The Nun, um, even Amityville Horror. Yeah. Even though it's not in that universe, is is mentioned because it's the same. The same um, husband and wife are the yeah. ones who are doing the exorcism. So they have like a universe. So like I was like, oh shit, because like I'm a Saw guy. But, yeah, 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 yeah. I like Saw. Saw is I something like, even too. though that's not something I can punch my way out of. It's like, all right, these it's are. I understand type. how mechanics work. So this is actually like, okay, this is physically can happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I just Freddy versus like Freddy and Jason and all. No, I, I, I did it. But that's what I'm saying. Like I watched all of them and the, and like I really I was trying to like piece together. So like uh, for like. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, like they have the the new Nightmare, where basically it's a movie in a movie mm-hmm. and shit like that. So like it's basically like they made a movie about the the original Nightmare on Elm Street, and so the original girl's in it, and like her son is being attacked, and I think her son, I forgot, is one of those those little kids. I think it's, it's not Haley Joe Osmond. It's one it's one of those kids that that were like child stars or whatever. Yeah, that were like really short, but um. Yeah, like I was just like, okay, like it was cool. Watch. So now for November, I'm suffering through Thanksgiving movies, and I'm realizing that movies that are surrounded by Thanksgiving suck really bad. Yeah, yeah movies. Good I don't know if there's ever like a classic Thanksgiving themed movie. Yeah, I watched Grumpy Old Men. Jesus, it's just because Thanksgiving, the whole concept is bad vibes. Yeah, I watched you. I watched You Got Mail. I realized that Tom Hanks is a dick. Um, I really that like movie. that movie though. You've got me. Nah, he's that bro. That's crazy. That's a classic. That's crazy. Movie. That's not a classic movie, bro. It is a classic. Bro, movie. literally, he pretty, bro. Literally, the entire time he was helping her learn to like him. Can Can I be honest? Oh. I've never seen you got mail. You don't need it's to. The, You're good. You no, know, Meg Ryan. You're not missing nothing. Yeah. Tom Hanks. You know another movie about gentrification. The Good Whites. Yeah, I like I like Tom Hanks, and nine mm-hmm. times out of ten, I'll watch anything Tom Hanks is in. Yeah, yeah, me too. But I I watched you got mail, and I realized you know what something in my body told me not to. All was this years. your first time? Oh, this is your first time seeing it. Good yeah. whites. Uh, rest in peace, Chandler. Rest in peace to Matthew Perry, man. Yeah, you're right. That was oh, a wasn't good... a good white. Oh, you gave me the look. That was a that was a good white. I don't I don't know. I feel like sorry, no, I don't know the yeah. surgeons because he's he gonna the, turn he this into a dog pile on um on Friends. I'm not gonna yeah. turn into a dog pile on Friends. Actually, I I watched Friends a few times. The Friends is cool, mm-hmm. but um he said some things about Keanu Reeves I didn't like so. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. right. That's right. I didn't, but I didn't, I haven't said a bad word about Matthew Perry. That's I'm just, I didn't say anything. I just stared at you. Okay, I get it. You know, I get it, but um, I, I don't, I don't like as 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 Danny says, I do not speak ill of the dead. Yeah, so he is gone, and I feel sorry for his family, and that's all I have to say about that. Okay, all right, okay, fair enough. Um, um 
So what you want to get? So there was a we lot got, of new we, music drops. We got new music, right? So obviously we got thought of Megan dropped Cobra. Mm-hmm. And we found out that Party cheated. Yes. Yeah, and dick sucked in a bed. Well, we was don't know it her bed. Her bed. I don't, yeah, I heard that the same way, too. Yeah, it's, but, like, it's just where you were sleeping. Like, you could be sleeping in my house. It's still my house. Yeah, and we also just don't... And that's the thing with the celebrity thing. Like, when we rooting for somebody, like, obviously, everybody, for the most part, wants Meg to win, right? So we never want to picture somebody cheating on her when she's, like, already down and feeling the way that she felt, like, publicly. But we don't know the inner workings of that relationship. Okay. She just has the louder microphone. Okay. That sample sounds real familiar. I, I, damn, I had it, but I don't have it anymore. I'm sorry. What for um, sample? Yeah, for the sample. I know, I know that the the producer, like, uh, it's three of them. They're brothers, and their last names is Banks, and they have like a a, a collective or whatever like that, like a, a, a. Um, contains a sample of "After the Cosmic Rain" hmm. by Return to Fate, Return to Favor. Okay, it was a song that was released in 2006. But um, it was it, but all in all, I I kind of liked it because uh, it get like I'm always open to like when artists kind of switch up their content, so I'm always like open to like hearing like another side of an artist like you know um, Mongols just didn't do what what it was expected to do, mm-hmm. and I think that Megan is a capable lyricist, so I think that the fact that like you know she was able to like do the project, I mean do this song, um. I think that there was something that, you know, like kind of worked for her. It was just it was just showing like another side, like her versatility. Like I think this next project um is gonna be a very mature project. And I think obviously she's gonna have something for the strip clubs, but I think this is gonna be a more mature record that she's gonna put out. And, and especially because like this is like gonna be like her project. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I think like she's not gonna have like outside input and stuff like that. Yeah, then she's going the whole thing about how she's funding it, quote unquote. Yeah, that's coming out of her pocket. The bottom of the details of this track say, uh, I think it says "Hot Girl" yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, um, her own production. So right yeah. now she's a free agent. She is she's managed by Rock Nation. She's a free agent, and I mean, um, you know, like it, it's smart. Like she's from Houston, so it, it actually is kind of like a, like like very like poetic that like she's basically an independent artist. It's just that she's one of the biggest artists in the world. Mm-hmm. Um. I didn't, I wasn't that big of a fan of the song. I really like the beat. Mm. Um, I'm a fan of that type of content because I want to know more about her and what's, what's going on with her. Traumazine, I think, her last album, in my opinion, did a really good job in doing a focus on that and also having dance mm. party records. So it's not like it's new for her to um kind of delve into this lane. Now that the case is over, she can probably explore more into yeah, it. We gonna, yeah, we're going to. Um, we but yeah, so we'll see. We're going to get some shit. Um, Jeezy dropped his new double album. Um, I might forgive, but I but I don't forget. Um, it's a two, it's a double disc. You know, I I definitely think that there's a such thing as a double disc curse. Um, I like grown up Jeezy. Mm-hmm. Um, and like it has like some some really you know it has some good like Jeezy's a good artist. So he like there's nothing on there that's like blowing me away. Like I still think that the DJ drama mixtape that he dropped was was really good. Like it, it like surpasses this, but I'm I'm actually happy that this project is still good because for a while I was like, damn, Ross got Jeezy on the ropes, like, you know, growing into their careers. But I think Jeezy found his footing on this. Yeah, I think also uh a lot of people after his public divorce are trying to see what grown Jeezy sounds like in this era of his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't give too much information on on the on the marriage. Well, I, I have not had a chance to listen to the whole album. I've only heard three songs maybe mm-hmm. but uh from everything that i've heard is it's it's good it's just not of the same caliber as that drama tape right right i i agree but i i think i think that uh i was just telling res before, before you got here off camera i think it's funny like people people will talk and say like yo i don't think pusha t's like beat selection is bad i don't think that anybody thinks that pusha t can't rap but just that people be like yo change your content Jeezy literally does that, and then people say, rap about coke, nigga, give me trap or die. I'm not saying you say that, but I'm just saying most fans, that's what fans are saying to Jeezy, so I just think it's funny. I think people just like fucking with artists, because I guarantee you, if Jeezy was still doing that, people would be like, you're not still in the trap. You're not doing that, but it's like, and so Jeezy's aware of that, and he's like letting you know where he's at right now, and he's talking about real estate and investing and like telling you you know, his struggles from the past and everything like that. Like, basically, like, Jeezy's, like, explaining that, like, he spent most of his career being very paranoid. 
like and like always like running into some shit, always dealing with some bullshit, like having the BMFs stuff looming over his head, all those dudes getting indicted, and then when he distanced himself from those like some of those dudes, he was considered not real, but like obviously as smart as it's like, yo, well, I'm a rapper now. I, I don't trap anymore. <laughs> like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so, like, that's the kind of like the, the the tone of the album. Like him basically like saying, like, yo, this is like what I had to do. Like, or like him, like accepting that like his mother was doing the best that she could with raising him and shit like that. Like, it's just that kind of like conversations. He's not talking about anything like currently like illegally, and you know, pretty much like he earned his stripes. So I I just really I enjoy hearing it because it's like it's kind of like giving you a backstory. Like it's it's kind of like if if we got like the movie um Scarface right and then like we actually got like uh let's say Tony Montana my, my, they make a movie about him like his feelings of like paranoia or, like imagine we can find out like you know what I'm saying like we we saw how angry he got he got at Manolo but like why he got mad at Manolo or like you know what I'm saying like like where his mind went with that or, like how how his trust issues are set up and shit like that because how his mother treated him and shit like just just things like that I thought was kind of dope with Jeezy I'm gonna definitely check it out. Um, GC has earned that right for me, especially with his discography. So I am gonna get to it. I just saw twenty nine songs, and I was like, all right, I'm gonna need. Yeah, it was, it was, it, it's a lot. I'm gonna need to especially when listening for this album. It was, yeah, 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 yeah. Like back to back double albums. I'm yeah. like, bro. Okay. Minute. Some other significant. I'm just gonna run through some other like notable Teague, Teague um Grizzly drop. Yeah, Teague Coney Island. Yeah. Um, I listened to a few songs off of that. Of course you did. Yeah, because I saw. I mean, I saw Coney Island. T Grizzly. I'm typically actually. So y'all have a Coney Island in Detroit. Yeah, Coney Island is uh, um is like a Detroit staple. It's um it's a chain of restaurants in Detroit. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. So he doesn't have his own, but to my knowledge, he doesn't have his own. But um, it is a chain of restaurants. Every neighborhood has their own Coney Island. Wow. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Cool. 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 Yeah, yeah. Um, any any of you guys check out Lady London's project? I have not. I do like Lady London, London though. Sarah told me that Lady London is scaring the hoes music. Yeah, she can really rap though. Yeah, I mean she's always been able to really rap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a rapper, rapper. So I do not doubt that she's um, she does her freestyles too. She's had her freestyles throughout uh Instagram mm -hmm. years. So that's how I first like started yeah. started following okay. her. Um, Benny the Butcher and Little Wayne dropped Big Dog. I've not heard it yet, which it's uh, it's on my list. It's, it's just yeah. I'm gonna be honest. I actually uh, was enjoying going through this, uh, going through the albums that we're album revisiting. So mm -hmm. I, that's really what I listened to. All right, yeah. Well, you know what? I just want to get into it. Let everybody know that this episode is sponsored by Jada Pinkett. <laughs> <laughs> Jada, Jada Pinkett and the Ghost of Tupac. There we go. <laughs> Um, so yeah, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we are getting into a Tupac album, um, and not just any Tupac album. This is an album that was really pivotal, pivotal, pivotal mm -hmm. for him and his career. Um, this is his fourth studio album. This is All Eyes on Me that I'm talking about. It's a double disc album. Came out in 1996, um, and it features. It has a lot of like lore to it, right? Mm -hmm. It features some some artists. A lot of the artists on here, you'll notice that like are still very popular to this day. I mean, what can you say about Snoop Dogg that hasn't already been said, right? You got Snoop Dogg on here, you got Method Man, you got Red Man, you got Corrupt, you got um you got Dre, of course, you got um Danny Boy, you got E40. And I love that E40 is kinda every now and then E40 had just drop a never before seen photo of him and Pac. Mm -hmm. You see you see him doing that? Yeah. And I love it. Um but this album came at a time for Pac when, you know, of course he had got locked up. And um, and I think this was the only album or the last album that he made before he passed. Yeah. It this is the last well, no, this is the last album that that that, that he was out. that came out that he was alive. Yeah. Yeah. Machiavelli, yeah. like he made it, it was finished and then mm -hmm. you know, he died. Yeah. Yeah. And um and it got it's on so many different lists. It got so many accolades over the years. One hundred one thousand best albums of all time. It got ranked that in 2008. Best albums from 1963 to 99. It was ranked that. Um, 100 recordings to hear before you die. Like it got mm -hmm. 500 greatest albums of all time for Rolling Stone. 90 best albums of the 90s. So there's so many rankings with this album. We was talking about it a little bit off mic, and um, and you were pointing out some of the things that you weren't necessarily a fan of because you said that this wasn't your favorite pop album. Right. Well. Well. And I, I want to get into that part later. Okay. What I do want to talk about, um, well, I'm just going to start it off. Mm -hmm. 
um, when this album came out, my one of my best childhood friends, Basil, my brother, he was the first kid in our building to have all eyes on me. Mm-hmm. And like we would go to his house and we would we would play Nintendo sixty four, play Mario Kart, you know, whatever, whatever games was out at that time, right? And um, we would literally like we were listening to this project, and actually, and I just lied. It wasn't N64. We were playing PlayStation. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's just that, like, we all, like, wh- whatever. He had he had every game. So his house was the 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 house that everybody wants to play video games. Yeah. It wasn't N64. It was PlayStation. But, and we would go to his house and, like, play games and stuff like that. And we listened to his project. And I remember looking through the booklet and, like, looking at, like, the photo shoot and looking at everything, all the pictures of him with the outlaws. And, like, he had on the Grand Hills. That was mm-hmm. one iconic thing. Him wearing the, the, the leather wife beater. Yeah. That was another iconic thing. Even though it's like it's like we make fun of Okay, I'm sorry, the leather tank top. Sorry. Uh and like, you know, it, it was like iconic because like you you could see that he was being positioned to be like an icon, right? And I didn't notice until like I started doing my research, but there was a gentleman named Papa G that was the publicist for Death Row. And he was like in charge, like like Suge Knight was very, very like savvy. So Suge Knight hired Papa Papa G to basically spearhead getting all of them like in like getting them in certain like spaces that like rappers weren't getting. Mm-hmm. So like obviously like getting in a source magazine, being on Vibe was like a big deal. But like he's the reason why like Pac was at Fashion Week. He was the reason why Pac got next to Donatello Versace. He was the reason why like Pac was getting like all of these like high fashion, high end spreads mm-hmm. and like being next to Madonna because like he Papa G saw that Tupac was like an icon like you know because when he went to jail and like his album still went number one mm-hmm. and they saw like how he was like resonating with people they were like no rapper is doing that before before Pop the the closest rapper and, and that kind of like mode like I understand like we had like Rakim and Nas and Biggie was on the rise but like it was like Ice Cube to be that polarizing to be in movies and be that big of a deal. So like what he did was is like he went he he went out his way to make sure that like the photo shoot was like a big deal. And like Pac like had like no idea. So like there's in they're interviewing him in, in this documentary, but it's it's literally behind the scenes. It's not there's no there's no um voiceover. It's literally just like people following him around death row offices. So they're showing Pac the booklet and like the one significant thing that I saw that Pac said, he was like, make sure like you put the information for my fan club. So I can like continue writing my fans because I used to like talk to all my fans when I was locked up. Yeah. And like to me, that was really significant that he said that. Like he was like, I read all the letters and I want them to still be able to contact me, like know that like I haven't like changed the addresses. And um, like he was just like, damn, like I like I, I see why you maybe will I shouldn't because he actually didn't like none of it. He wanted to wear like baggy jean suits and shit like that. And he was like, I'm telling you, you're an icon. Like telling him that then, like it just it just was eerie. Mm-hmm. Like what he was telling Tupac because like who you know what I'm saying? Like at that time, like rappers were rappers, but like like people knew I think people saw more in Tupac than he saw in himself. Like I think that he was just like existing. And then, you know, hearing like everything, like pretty much all hands was on deck. Cause you gotta think Snoop Dogg was the biggest rapper in the fucking world. Yeah. And to come to and basically Pac came there and like obviously Snoop wanted him to come, but I just thought that was pretty, pretty significant to like see that. Like pretty much like, you know, it's like uh having like a basketball team and a dude comes to me a team mm-hmm. and like the coach is like, I know you get like 15 shots a game. We're gonna knock that down to nine because Pop needs some more shots. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was significant. I'm sorry, I just wanted to like just give that whole thing and like y'all tell me like y'all like early memories of the album. Um, so so for me, like I just remember playing this album almost every day because of my brothers. Like, I have two older brothers. They would play this album all the time. And then if my uncle would take me to school, he would play this album. So, like, even on a revisit of this, I was like, damn, like, I remember this, like, yesterday. There was no song on here on the revisit that I, w- that I wasn't familiar with or that I couldn't remember playing. Um, it was just that significant in my childhood. And um, I guess I should have wore the yellow, the yellow, um, cardigan today to for the for the guy that like got at me a little bit but you know i did play this album all the time despite my personal opinions of tupac i can actually show i can show like love to where it's to where it's needed and this album was very significant for me and um and pop even back then it's just that in my 
later years in my life. I just don't revisit his catalog that much. But this was a fun revisit. It brought up a lot of memories. One quick fun fact. What who has the first double disc rap album? Um and it's not this album? No. Who is it? It's DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Oh, he's the DJ, he's I'm the, the rapper. rapper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah, a double yeah. disc. Is uh-huh. it the thing is is that like this album came out in nineteen eighty nine and CDs weren't that big, but it's actually the first double disc in hip hop. Mm-hmm. I remember that now. Yes. Well, I remember that fact. I, I don't actually remember yeah. that. So, you know, Will got one up on Pop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not gonna make that a thing. I'm not gonna make that a thing you though too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Danny, what were your Yeah, early memories? early memories, Danny. Tell us how your brother told you to hate pop. Nah, I wasn't allowed to listen to pop growing up. I grew up in a very East Coast household, and especially around this time at the heat, the height of the East Coast versus West Coast, which is really Bad Boy versus Death Row, as we've come to realize mm-hmm. as an adult. Um, nah, Tupac wasn't played in my house. It was a biggie household. So I didn't get to start my Tupac um, experience. So I was probably about 13, 14. Uh, getting into middle school when people were like, oh, talking about Pac. I am not the biggest Pac fan. I stand by it. I uh, prefer seeing Tupac act than rap. Um, my biggest things with Tupac is just I don't need to hear Enemies and Hennessy every two, three songs. I There's just certain things that are, it gets too repetitive on a lot of his stuff for me. However, this is one of three Pac albums. I like a lot. Um, I don't have many skips on this album, uh, though there are a good amount of skips. <laughs> there's some messages on Yo, here. So. There's probably like four or five yeah. together. Yeah, which you is know? impressive. Yeah. But it's a double album. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it still has a good flow. Even the songs I don't fuck with, I understand why they're on the album. But uh, in a place, in a time when this many songs is hard to listen to, because it's not that long for 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 an uh, album like this twenty. No, nah, this shit is like two hours. It's bro. two hours, but for a double album with that many. With... Nah, bro, it's pretty normal, and and all the songs are like four minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't feel like it, if you listen to each album individually, it doesn't feel like what? that long or hard of a listen to. Okay, at all. Mm-hmm. So while listening to this, we had one other album we're reviewing in another episode. I would break it up. I'd listen to the first half and then listen to the second half after the album. And especially because it's uh, around the same time, it's a good uh, balance. But um, this is actually probably my second or third favorite pop project. Okay. Okay. So I have some pushback, right? So like I like I'm always conflicted because it's like I talk shit about pop, but then like I have like my reasons why I love pop. And something that I was thinking about while listening, right? Like, you know how, like, people, like, for a long time always made fun of Pac saying, I mean, of of Nas, saying that he has horrible beat selection. Mm -hmm. I think with Tupac is even, like, to the point he just, he he never, he he didn't have enough time. Like, Tupac's career wasn't even 10 years. Like, so I just, like, hear me out. Tupac can rap. Like, Tupac, Tupac can, Tupac can rap, but he's not, like, a, a... I don't even know. I don't know what the proper word is because it's like he's not lyrical, but he is a lyricist, mm-hmm. right? But like, so like he doesn't do all the wordplay stuff and everything like that. But the energy that he brings is why his songs are so significant. Because outside of ambitions of a writer, none of his beats are like you know how like usually some people be like, oh man, that the production on that like Cal- okay, let me let me take that back. California Love and Ambitions as a Writer, right, mm-hmm. are probably like the the staple Tupac songs. I don't know, because when I think Tupac I, and beats, my favorite beat I go for for, for Tupac is going to be Shorty. Shorty's going to be a thug. I want to be a thug. Okay, I, but that's personal to you. But I'm just saying, like, universally, if so, if somebody... That's if, 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 uh, well, that's Scarface. Yeah, that's a Scarface so, song, so it will be Hail Mary. Pain, so, sorry. I was thinking of pain. So, tip, okay, but typically if someone says, yo, put put two in the air for Tupac, it's Hail Mary, California Love, Ambitious as a writer, mm-hmm. yeah. right? That, I'm just saying, like overall, I like I know we all have like our personal favorites, but I'm just saying, like and like all three of those beats are like very significant beats by like certain producers and stuff like that. But like Tupac never re- like he didn't he never locked in like with producers. Like think about it, like Dr. Dre begrudgingly gave him the two beats that he has on on this album. Like they were supposed to go on the Chronic Part Two, and Suge Knight was like, "Nah, we need that for Pop. We got to put all the marbles in on Pop." 
And like the reason why was because like, yo, we just bailed this motherfucker out. We gotta make this money back. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we need to make all this money back. Like, he just went his last project went number one. We just gotta keep this going. Like everybody else are like falling in line. You know, uh, and some people felt salty about it. Some people didn't give a fuck. But that that's what happened. So I just think that the fact that Tupac was rapping so well over 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 these beats that were some of them weren't mixed, <laughs> some of them weren't finished. Like you know what I'm saying? Like um, Jewel, who's on the album, had an interview saying like she went in and she was singing the song, singing the hook. And like, like Tupac wouldn't let her go past two, like two, like takes. She was like, "Yo, it's fine. Let me get in there and record." Mm-hmm. Like, and she was like, "What's the rush? Like, let me, let me get, like, let me warm up my vocal cords." Like, he was like, "No, it's fine, bitch. Get out." <laughs> like verbatim, she said that he he said, "Bitch, it's fine. Get the fuck out." R.P. Jewel. I think it, uh, he probably at the time because it sounds like the way he worked of just coming through studio time, like kind of like how Wayne went on his run, that he would just stay in a studio. Yeah, Pac was just famous yeah, in sleep. And the, the technology just wasn't uh, up to par as it is to properly put out the music, probably get feedback. You don't have mixtapes at the time, and really like that. Like, uh, rather, you don't have mixtape warmers, how mixtape became a thing with rappers where they'd like, I'm going to put out a mixtape, see what songs on the mixtape hit, and I'll build the album off of that. Right. They didn't have that back then. So there's a lot I understand why it came out the way it did. I don't. I don't. I think <laughs> I, I what you know, all right. So what you're saying is true, <laughs> right? So when these albums were being made, like I think that Pac would have benefited from how music is made now versus back then. I just think he had no patience to like wait for people to get in the studio. He was like, yo, where you at? Like we we making this right now. And this is why like we got the fucking outlaws everywhere on this project. Yeah. Some niggas was just around mm-hmm. or whatever like that. Or like, you know, whenever he like tried to like get collaborations going, he was like, yo, I guess you'll just be on the next album. Cause if you can't make it out here like to by tomorrow, like shit gonna send you a flight. Like shit like that. Like I think that's what happened. Yeah. So your way of saying that he would have benefited from how it's made now is because he could have like emailed back and forth. Yes, okay. he could have like sent people tracks. Like producers could have like got beats from him and shit like that. Like I really think that like Pop when he just worked at a certain speed. So like you know Daz was the in house fucking producer, so he was going to be able to get down with them. Fucking um um uh, D- DJ Quick. Like even though like he he had to use his real name on the album credits. Because of his like label situation, he couldn't put DJ Quick. So that's why like some people don't realize DJ Quick is on the project. Mm-hmm. So I just think like he just whoever was available and he they like Dr. Dre had no choice. He had to give, he had to come up off them too. And like those like a George Clinton. I know that hurt Dr. Dre. A George Clinton sample. Song, yeah, <laughs> that hurt Dr. Dre. Yeah, that hurt him. <laughs> yeah, that opens the second the second disc. Yeah, but um, I'm sorry. I'm like ramp because I just had so much. To like say, cause like I like this. This was like a polarizing album. Like, yeah. like the the lore behind it, like everything that's talked about, like is like on some Elvis shit. The way they like this, especially this project. Like even Mach- Machiavelli, like it was recorded in seven days. It's not that much to talk about with Machiavelli because mm-hmm. it was such a short, quick process. This process, this man was in jail for eleven months, came home and immediately went to that fucking studio. And just started working. Yeah, right. And every right. everybody just had to give Pac all of their shit. Um, part of the lore, I would say, from um, from how you know how for a while, when when rappers would get locked up, before they come out, there would be all this anticipation to see what they do, and then they come out and life just be normal. And it's it's, like, yeah. it's, it's because of Pac. Yeah, like, but it was built off of that. Like, yeah, it was built off of that. This mm-hmm. was the blueprint to that. Because yeah. when he came out, it was bigger than life, and he delivered on all, on all. Yeah, he delivered. Like I remember, um, remember when Slick. Well, I don't know. Well, you probably. I don't know if you. Well, I'm not gonna say that. Slick Rick came home, and like he had like a his butt. Like it was all right, but like it just it didn't work. Yeah. Like they 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 really was trying to like you know, but like it, it, the '80s was over, and the yeah. and the MC changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like everything just changed. So it literally he literally looked like um Huggy Bear and I'm gonna get you sucker. What was it? The art of storytelling is what he came out to, right? Um, that was the the project that he put out on Def Jam after yeah, the art of storytelling. Yeah. And like Which isn't a bad project. It's no, just, not at all. Like it's it's you can go listen to it now. It's just the time when it dropped, everything. They they, helps. they put bread into that project. Yeah. yeah. It just everything else going on. It changed. Yeah, outshined it so much. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you want you want to get into oh what, what, what you have to say, Danny? I was gonna ask, what are your? Because it's kind of funny to me. I think three of my my top three favorite pop songs are 
or on this album? On this album. Interesting. Okay, so um, I'm I'm gonna just break it down from disc from like disc one. My favorite. I I honestly feel like Ambitious as a Writer is one of the best hip hop intros. Um, it, it is it is up there for one of the best rap intros that I've ever heard. Um, kicks off the album so fucking well. The beat is so amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, the cadence on it, everything. The background vocals, it all just really works. Um, and then, what else we got? Two of America's Most Wanted. When I first heard that song, even as a kid, I was like, yo, this shit feels special. That like, video. Yeah, in the video. So... Yeah, I was gonna say the video. This was one of the songs that my brother was like, "Yo, turn that shit off," because I love, I, mm-hmm. I love Snoop. Like mm-hmm. Snoop, I always loved. But even back then, my brother was like, "Yo, turn that shit off." But this song, I remember just the bounce and the feel of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Being a kid, mm-hmm. like yo, just it just like feels, nine years old, and I'm like, that shit. Do you remember good. on MTV they they actually did like a a countdown? They showed the making of the video, mm-hmm. and they were actually on set, and they were hosting like a, a countdown of videos and stuff like that. So you just see. Tupac and Snoop just just having a fucking blast. Just yeah, down. I remember that. They were in their suits and shit, and like they just like snapping, telling jokes, introducing videos and shit like that. And I was like, damn, mm-hmm. like these dudes is having mad fun. Fucking <laughs> superstars. Bro. Yeah, like you know, um, they, they just was having a blast. So that's two for me. And then honestly, like this one, the only song I don't like on this one is "What's Your Phone Number" with Danny Boy at the end. That um, thing. That's the only one that I don't like. I like all of these songs, like the like the joint with um with Red and Meth and, and Daz and Corrupt. Crazy. Got my mind made up. I think that's. I almost want to give that my third place. Um, but all about you is crazy. Um, the only yeah. thing I would have changed was I would have put all about you on the second on the second album. All about I can see that actually because all about you would flow because it's so fun. Yeah, that, that's um, the only difference I would have made in this. And it, it, it's just, but it probably could have went right before it, or after Picture Me Rolling. Yeah, but when you listen to it son- sonically, <laughs> sonically, I hate using that word now, but um, it uh, it flows very well. Mm-hmm. It's just for content matter. I wish it was uh, later on the uh, album. I can see that. Um, so yeah, so to answer your question, Ambitions as a Writer, Two of America's Most Wanted, and Got My Mind Made Up as my top three from disc one. Uh, yeah. Um, what about you, T? Um, I mean, this one is my favorite of the two discs. Yeah. And I have the most like favorite songs. Um Trade and War Stories. Yeah, uh Trade and War Stories was really good. Yeah. Right. Um Adventures of the Rider, of course, How Do You Want It? To America's Most Wanted, No More Pain, Life Goes On, California Love, of course, mm-hmm. and I Ain't Mad at You. No, I ain't, I ain't mad at you is on this too. No, nah, nah, it's no, just on this it's one. It's on this one? Okay, yeah, and I ain't mad at you. Um I like some of like you know the highlights on on this one for me, and um, I just like I said it's just very like it's just significant like how fast like that nigga worked and like got all that done because back then it was just, like what Pac did was just unheard of back then because to make records like you would make one song one mm-hmm. day and everybody would just listen to that song over and over and over yeah, and over yeah. again and Tupac was like nah. I need one more out of you. So, like, he's just in there, like, telling dudes, like, yo, you want to be a part of history? You want to do this? Like, come on. Yeah, for, for this one, like, that's, that's like, the songs that, like, uh, you know, like, and Trading War Stories is really, like, a, a dope song. Because, yeah. yeah. Um, through watching, like, uh, Z-Mega, playing that shit into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, is, uh, like, I, I watched DJ Vlad, I watched the art of storytelling, like, it's, it's these guys on the internet that, like, are Tupac obsessed, and, like, they interview all of the outlaws, and as much shit as I talk about them, I watch it anyway, because Tupac is our Elvis, mm-hmm. and as you listeners know, I, I, I like Elvis, so since we have an Elvis, I, like, try to, like, learn all the lore and everything, and try to understand what made Tupac tick, yeah. so, you know, them interviewing those guys and like hearing like what songs like Tupac really fuck with or like he was really proudest of it's interesting they said that like telling war stories was like a song that like he really really was like proud of mm-hmm. so to to like it's know a very that complete song yeah like going going with what you said with like how you can tell that a lot of these songs were rushed even though they're good mm-hmm. that one you can tell they took their time yeah yeah um for me ambition um I really love got my mind made up Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Who you think had the best verse on that? I don't feel like Meth got it. I think so too. Well, 
I don't know, man. I think him and him and Redman kind of for me is Redman. Yeah, I guess, for I me is Redman. Meth always rises to the occasion, falls by. It's for me is Meth. Yeah. Um. Uh, I ain't mad at you. It's one of my favorite talk songs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Man, when that video oh, came out, it was so eerie, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What an eerie video. Did you Did you notice that uh he's he's in a car similar to the same car he died in? Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. But yeah, literally the the first out al- the first album is so complete, just minus that Danny Boy feature at the end. Yeah. Then what's your number? Mm-hmm. What's your phone number? I feel like. I feel like outside of Bad Boy, not too many other labels did great R and B song hooks. That's a that's an interesting take because when well, I was that time, for that yeah, time, most yeah most well yeah, yeah. I think most rap labels they Bad Boy they they kind of they 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 put an emphasis on that like So So Dub had R and B acts and he had rap acts but like it wasn't like he like Jermaine was more so like producing records versus like having like both a duality yeah. and everything like that. Death Row basically was the the answer to what Bad Boy was doing. And like Suge Knight actually like it's unfortunate all the things that happened to Suge Knight because Suge Knight is actually pretty genius in everything that he did. And it's like if everything would have like worked out and like he wouldn't have like fucking tried to become Michael Corleone. <laughs> like he like he he like he had a really good business mind. <clears throat> Um, and he, he also had like the relation, like pretty much the relationships, like it, it's so funny how like pretty much like Dr. Dre kind of just like took his, his position mm-hmm. at Interscope and at Jimmy Iveen's like guy. Cause before it was Suge, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So I just think that's really funny. And, um, you know, I, I, I just, I, Suge, Suge had the idea, like even like, you know, with, with the, the R&B artist, like he had Jewel, he had Michelle, he had, um, Danny Boy. Like he had, like you know, what I'm saying he was managing Casey and JoJo and Mary J. Blige. Yeah. That's some like, do, did y'all like? Do, do you know how fucking insane that is? Like, you understand how everything was intertwined back then? Like the fact that he basically went to Andre Harrell and got all of those artists out of their deals and like under management with with Death Row, doing all of that shit as close to, as close as Mary J. Blige is with Puff and how how big of an influence Puff Puff was to Jodeci's career. Mm-hmm. And who knows who what other artists like. He probably was like trying to like pull in because like also finding out that fucking uh, Eric B was going to be the president of Death Row East. Yeah, it's fucking. It's just. Yeah. I like. I don't. I don't know why. He got Devontae Swing on here as a production. Credit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like they 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 had all of these like projects right because like even like with how do you want it? It's like the fuck. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, with Casey. Yeah. I, I also do know that like not on this album, but. uh Toss it up is a diss to 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 no diggity. Yes, I did. I knew that. I forgot how I knew that. It's probably one of my brothers. Yeah, that mentioned it to me. But yeah, I knew that. Like that's hilarious to me. And like basically, like they were just jack beats. So yeah, that's why I ain't mad at you. And um, don't leave me. Have the same. The same. Have the same beat. Stream, Yeah, know. because like that basically, like Shug Knight would want to do a deal with Teddy Riley, and Teddy Riley was like, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so and Shane was like, "All right, then." He was like, "Then fuck you." <laughs> Any beat, anything that you make that's gonna go on the charts, I'm just gonna take that shit. How about that? Make my own version. Yeah, that's some bully shit. Um, so yeah, so we get into the second disc, which um, which kicks off with the "Can't See Me," which features the George Clinton sample and it's produced by Dr. Dre, mm-hmm. and it's such an authentic West Coast beat. G funk, it's yeah. such a fucking like. The way that shit comes on, like you feel, like you feel that, mm-hmm. like you feel that shit. Yeah. Um, and and it's one of those complete productions on this album that I really like. Yeah. Um, if I was to get into my top three from here, that's definitely in it. And then I got I got picture me rolling, mm-hmm. and uh, I need wonder why they call you bitch. I love that song. Of course. So. And but all eyes on me. Yeah, misogynistic Reg would love that song. Of course. Wonder why it's just fun to listen to. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then you hear the the random harmonizing in the back mm-hmm. and some uncredited woman. If you're yeah. gonna just say it, Reg. Wow. Okay, don't yeah, don't so. do that. <laughs> For me, it's uh you can't see me, shorty wanna be a thug, wonder why they call you bitch, pitching me rolling, all eyes on me, ain't hard to find. Like for those ones, right? Um and it's funny, let me tell you something. So I remember vividly when we heard "Wonder Why They Call You Bitch," and niggas was like, "That sounds like Faith Evans." 
<laughs> and everybody was like, no fucking way. Yeah, 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 that, yeah. Like, I remember one of my boys said that when we was at Basil House listening to that project. Yeah, and, not, I feel like that was a rumor around my around my way too. Yeah, like and people was like, yo, that's Faith Evans. And like, you can't see like, the picture of them? Yeah. Like, and we was like, <laughs> yeah. nah, no fucking way. Lo and behold, like Faith and Biggie wasn't together. Biggie was dating Charlie Baltimore at the time. It was so much shit that happened in such like a small vacuum. Mm-hmm. Because at that time, Biggie is with very much with Charlie Baltimore. And, like, Faith is single, so she's just out. And, like, according to Faith's story, she's like, yo, I was just trying to get a bag because I wasn't, like, you know, my album hadn't come out yet. And, like, Dev Row offered me a ton of money. They offered to pay for my flight, so I was going to California. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that I fully believe her. I definitely believe she was like, fuck Biggie, I'm going to get this money. But I definitely, you know, and I do think that she went out there fucking him. But I don't think that she went out there with the full intentions on fucking him. I think she went on the full intentions of like, I'm going to make music with whoever I want. And then I just think Tupac was such a smooth nigga, he got in her pants anyway. Because Faith, it notoriously said on Drink Champs, she likes to fuck. Yeah, she was lit on Train Champs. She was, she, was <laughs> she was saying a lot of shit on Yeah. That. Remember she said how she told the story of how she um she got in trouble for fucking Redman? She lost her virginity. No, to... she lost her virginity to Redman? Yeah, they're, they're from the same neighborhood in Jersey, and she got in trouble. Uh, her mother called her Redman fucking. I got to go watch that episode. <laughs> Faith was shout out to Faith. She, she was yeah. giving it up. <laughs> yeah, nah, I was like, I didn't, I did not expect Faith to talk like this. She yeah. was mad hood. <laughs> she be lit. She yeah. be od lit. Um, I mean, now the marriage to CVJ kind of make more sense. Well, they had to get divorced. She be his. Yeah. She was beating up on him. That's crazy. Um, yeah. So I think my uh, picks on this album, I think it's uh, "Can't See Me." Shorty want to be a thug is my show. I was second. <laughs> Bro, the horns in that beat, like yeah. I just love that um, beat. Like even because when when Kanye redid it, I was just gonna say that. Yeah, like yo, I put drive slow. Just really, yeah, fucking loved that beat. Especially mm-hmm. then when people redid the uh, the freestyles to Kanye's and they made the uh, Ti uh, remix to um, drive slow. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah okay, yeah. okay, okay. Um, but yeah, I I think that uh, picture me rolling is um is up there and all eyes on me. Ain't hard to find. Uh, I I love E forty and I love mm-hmm. I love when E forty makes sense in his raps. <laughs> I like when E forty doesn't make sense. It's ridiculous. I like both. I like, I I like, like both. Explain. But I like yeah. when I get it. When I get them, like oh, but then it makes me think. Wait, am I thinking in a different way? Like yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm yeah, that's it like that. That's mad funny. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. What about so you name some of yours? Yeah, I named some some of mine. Right. Okay. Um, I just also like okay, so also at this time, another reason why Pac was being overworked was because he was working on MC Hammer's Too Tight album, mm-hmm. and like I like I actually like heard it some of the tracks that were like leaked, and it's really funny because MC Hammer was really struggling at this time because like he he realized like what he like his what his mu- his music like phased out yeah but he and like the thing that sucked for him he was like yo like. I'm really from the streets, but I don't want to promote this. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, when when like he put out an album that didn't chart, he was like, "All right, I can't do." So then Shug Knight started like managing him, and he made Pumps in the Bumps. Pumps in the Bumps. And right, so then they were like, "All right, like we're gonna make this album, and it was supposed to be too tight, and like basically it was gonna be, it was literally gonna be like what Jay Z and Jay Electronica did." Well, like Pac was gonna be rapping on majority of the songs. It's gonna be a two pop project. Like they were like they they basically said like, listen, we gonna make the people in the hood accept you. Ain't nobody gonna like disrespect Pac. And like people in Oakland vouch for you. Like people know like who you are. So we recorded this whole album. They did all this shit, and then he he came out and was like, yo, I can't put this out. Like I like um like my my wife is a minister. <laughs> I just think it's so funny though because like I'm just like. Well, Hammer really is from that, but like Hammer was just like, nah, like I like I came from I, that. I don't want to. Yeah, that. I don't want to promote that, and I can't do it. And they was and like pretty much like it was it was like no hard feelings. Yeah, they were just like like because they 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 was like all right, like well, you really are certified. We can't do nothing to you. Is he like a Navy Seal or some shit? Yes, that too. Yeah, like <laughs> like, like, like okay, we're not gonna press you. About yeah, this. we like we would. They were just like all right, like. Cool, but like Pac was in like overdrive because he was working on he worked on the too tight project that MC Hammer said he can't do anymore. Then the Outlaws project that he was working on. Then he was trying to start his new record label with Eric B and like trying to get artists to come over there. Yeah, he was career. Yeah, and that movie he was and and he you know what I'm saying he was 
um engaged to Kadada to to Kadada um Jones. Jones and like he was just like really spread really thin and then like all the other women he was dealing with mm-hmm. mind you this was this was an 18 month span yeah think about think about like he lived he, yeah yeah he lived a, he lived the like he, what he did the life in 18 months yes like a like a life life mm-hmm. like that that we're still finding out like they just got pictures revealed of him in Italy just, just those pictures. Just like somebody just randomly had them and was like, "Oh yeah, these are pictures of uh, Tupac at Fashion Week in Italy." Nigga was twenty five. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Think about that. Twenty five. I was a fucking goof. I would have. I would have ruined everything. I would. not. <laughs> it's kind of. It's insane, bro. What he was able to do in that short time span. Yeah, man. It was all like the legacy of Pop mostly focuses on that eighteen months. Yeah, because yeah, it's um. You know, that's the most document. That's yeah. the most documented part of his career. Mm-hmm. Like you know, there, there's so many people that really don't like you don't you don't know like certain things. Like you don't like like I know he moved around a lot, but like nobody knows where like Tupac's childhood home is mm-hmm. or anything like that. Like people don't know like like outside of like Jada telling us what he was like in high school and shit, and like that videotape that Jada probably submitted of him talking about like what he wants to be like when he's in school in Baltimore. Like we don't. So like that eighteen months is is that's it that's it baby yeah that's yeah it. that's crazy yeah it's just interesting to me man Pac is interesting I I like I like this I I'll be honest with you I I really like the lore of Pac more think, than anything I think the lore of Pac is what carries over more than his music. I didn't want to be the one to say it. I mean, it's that's it's not it's not a, it's not it's not a bad thing. It's, it's just like he thing. he's so polarizing shit. Though like I mean I do enjoy Elvis music, but like. I'm not sitting down listening to Elvis. Like I like Elvis because that nigga was just wearing capes and shit, and that nigga talk with an accent, and he had a fucking posse that they called the, the Memphis Mafia. That shit is fucking dope. <laughs> like I just thought that shit was cool. Like you know what I'm saying? Like like little things like that about Elvis. Like the fact that he named his house his home estate Graceland. Like I just think I, that's what I think is cool about Elvis. Like you know what I'm saying? So that's what draws me in, yeah. and I think that's what like separates Tupac from like a bunch of artists. And I was thinking about something. I was just like. What who who was the artist that if they would have like died young probably would have, and like let's say Pop didn't die right, like but like another artist like died young that like was polarizing like that when they were younger, and I was like let's say, Boys in the Hood came out and then Ice Cube dies right after Boys in the Hood, he would be just he it would be I think he his lore would be just because he yeah. was just as controversial just as vocal, mm-hmm. the music that he made was like people were saying that he had like these classic projects or whatever like that, but we lit but. Ice Cube lived to grow old, and it's not a bad thing. Like we want people to grow old, but like you know, now we've seen him become like a flawed human with some of his political his political stances, some of some of you know, and then some of the things like some people were just like, "Is we're seeing him in Are We There Yet?" and Barbershop and shit like that. But I think about that sometimes. I know that's like a weird thing to think about. Like, oh, like if we could swap, (laughs) but I'm like, I think I think Ice Cube would have been that close because I think Ice Cube. At one point, like he represented that same thing, and then I think him being more like entrenched in Hollywood to understand how things work, I think it kind of made him a little jaded, and yeah, he stopped being as vocal. I think he just channeled his. He we saw his creativity go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. It's like um, Pop. We would have eventually saw Pop probably focus on movies more. Right. Yeah. You I know, he would have just grew up. Movie Tupac is my favorite pop. Like I, I appreciate his movies more than I do his his body of movies, movies more than I do his. What's your favorite favorite pop movie? I really like Gridlock. I seen it the other day and I forgot how good it was. Mm. I hadn't seen it in forever. Um, Poetic Justice is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Juice is Juice also. Yeah. Like, shout out to working at Urban Outfitters in like fucking. I want to say 2009, and the only two movies they had on repeat in the break room was fucking Juice and Mean Girls. Oh, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, um, oh, Gang Related was good, too. With John, yeah. Jim Belushi? Yeah, Jim Belushi, James Earl Jones. It was a cast. Dennis Quaid was in that. Um, that but, yeah, he had, he had some shit, man. And I think as he would have got older, what would he be in his fifties now, right? Yeah, I, I think well for like all right, so there's two versions, right? There's the version of Tupac that lived after he got shot in, in Vegas, who will be a fucking vegetable. That's that version. <laughs> right? But then we have the version of like, let's say he he never goes to Vegas and doesn't get shot. I think I think that uh Pac kinda like leaves music. And not because like uh, you know, of regression. I think 
be, just being Jay. I think he probably would just like he would be so like disenfranchised with what's going on. I think he would probably like leave the fucking country. I think he would just be like so pissed off about things like things that he like wants to change and like wants to do and stuff like that. He would be so disgusted. I don't think he would stay. And that's just that's just from what I think. And I could be wrong. Some people might be like, hell no, he wouldn't have left. But he was 25 years old when he had these thoughts. Like, think about all of the people that we like. It is rare. Like, you want to know like how rare it is that most people that like are like that were like super vocal when they were younger. And, like, if we see them as celebrities as they get older, they become less vocal because they realize that certain shit kind of don't matter. And it's not saying that it don't matter what they care about, but like they, there's all these roadblocks and these these hard things to get around. And I think Pac would have become very, very like jaded and upset by having all those roadblocks put in front of him. I think he'd have one of those um, love hate Instagrams. I don't think he'd be on Instagram. I I, I do. I definitely think uh, he would. I mean, I think I'm just, just every artist at this point have has to really have some form of. Uh, at that level, I think he, I think he would be more closer to most deaf, like like how most deaf treats his celebrity. I think Pop would be like that. But I also think with him, he had the plans of starting uh, Euphoria, right? Uh, uh it's not, it's not how you like Google it. It's not, not Euphoria. Euphoria. No, it's not Euphoria. I know what you're saying, but it, it, it's like Infu something. I can't pronounce it. Uh. Uh, it, it wasn't. It was it, it, like it was. It's Africa backwards or some shit like that. Or is it? Yeah, it's like something backwards. Like. Mm. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget. Damn, what is it? This is it, it? Euthanasia. Yeah, euthanasia. Euthanasia. Yeah. That's not Africa backwards. I know it's not. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying it was something that that he had. I, I forgot. Oh. Like, cause you know, Tupac loves acronyms. So like, each letter means something or whatever like that. I but th- I thought because um. From what I've read and stuff since, because I'm I'm not a I'm not a pop historian. I am. Didn't he had he had plans on leaving because he didn't like how things were working on the business side of things, and he wanted to venture out. Do you think him being in that position, where he had not a like not a failed situation with Digital Underground, he just had strained relationships while being in jail and everything going on at the time. Yeah, he just had trust issues because a lot of people didn't look yeah. out for him while he was locked up. Um, so there's there's room there's two rumors there's there, because there's so many people that claim they were close to Pac and like you can't like his mother like I'm, for me personally I'm like the people that were that probably really would have known really don't speak on it and that's Kadada his mother um, Jada doesn't speak on the death row shit um yeah so Kadada his mother Jada and like I know the outlaws like always speak on things but the outlaws pretty much say like he wasn't like he was happy with Sugar and he ain't playing well nowhere his brother as well right but then you have other people that say like yeah he was planning on leaving but like he like he was like he he fulfilled his his uh his albums yeah. he he signed a three album deal he fulfilled it and and that's why Sugar Knight came to him and like well nah like you still got to recruit you know like like in the movie, and I'm pretty sure that like there were things that like Pac was privy to because he's been in the music industry for so long. But um, I don't know. I don't know if he would have got out of that. I think I think Sugar would have did. I, I, like they were literally printing money. I think they would have had problems. I think. Well, I think what would happen is, is that him and Sugar Knight would have fell out. Yeah, I think event, but um, that's a, that's what I'm saying. I think uh, I think having that experience and Pac wanting to do his own, if he did want to do his own thing, he definitely he, wanted to do his I own think thing. That would have been a very um artist minded uh label runner well yeah absolutely i think you want to know what's funny um and this is a compliment to you like Pac Pac was like a very like big dreamer like big thinker with his imagination like how you are yeah. and i'm saying that as your friend like yeah. but i'm just saying like so like with him like you know he would like do things yeah. and like have like these big plans and shit like that. And I'm pretty sure people would be like, yo, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. And Pac's like, well, why not? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and that's like what we kind of say to Danny. We'd be like, yo, Danny, you kind of yeah. reel it in or whatever like that. But yeah, like, so I just think that like, Pac had big plans and shit like, like it don't work like that. <laughs> like, you're going to stay on death row. You're going you gonna to resign and we're we going to give you another advance. <laughs> like, I think that's what happened. And like, some that, 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 that was the whole reason for death row East because, he, I think he definitely was like, yo, you got your three albums, yo, I'm out. <laughs> you really think about it, Tupac gave him maybe three weeks worth of work <laughs> and gave him three albums that like sold over 20 million records. Yeah. That's 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 pretty impressive. Um, 
yeah, they, it is impressive. I don't know if he would have been, he would have been able to kind of like steer artists in the right direction because he, you know, just going back to like you even saying that he was rushing people out of the studio while they, True. while they warming up their vocals and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he would have been focused on the pristine levels that artists are able to create. You know, I think I think he does a better job with seasoned artists because what he got out of, out of out of Hammer was pretty good. So obviously that's one person, right? But like I think. I think he would have got it. He he probably would have had like some rough patches, and I think somebody would have like been like, "Yo, you gotta let these artists like be artists. Mm-hmm. Everybody's not you." I think he would have figured it out. Um, I just think that he probably would have needed like a strong team around him. But I think that he would have had problems with Shug because Shug just very wasn't very like kind. Like I remember how he treated Warren G when he signed with Def Jam. Like that was like a big thing. So, you know, that's true. Like Warren G stories about uh, being around Def Jam on that first. Finding half the first happened are mm-hmm. pretty intense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any songs on the album that you hate? I was just about to get to that. There is so the first disc, the only song, like I said, that I didn't really like was What's Your Phone Number? Um let's see. Oh, no, I did like that one. Oh, Ain't Hard to Find. Ain't Hard to Find on the second disc. That's that's song number twelve. I ain't really. I like that. You like that one. I ain't really I like, like that one. I'm a E40 fan too. Yeah, I ain't really like that one. But um, the outro is solid. I didn't like Checkout Time. We gotta go. We got. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't like Checkout Time either. Um, I'm um, the biggest fan of Hotline Me either. With that, oh yeah, with the random. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like that one either. So maybe like all together, four songs. Yeah, four songs out of. Out of but out of this many, yo, look, I'm not as much to Foxlander as I love to put out. You have to give credit where credit's due. Even with, you pointed out, there is, you can hear it. There's songs that aren't properly mixed. It feels rushed through. But the songs that are there are such gems and stand out so much and are really, like, when you go back and look at Tupac's overall discography, at least, I want to say at least, Five or ten, five to ten of his best songs are here. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, for me, like, uh, it was the second disc that like really took a nosedive. Took a nosedive, and I was like, damn, if he would have combined like these these really good songs, it probably would have been. I mean, the, the project already got acclaimed, so it was like it don't even matter. But it, like, it did its job. But like, I think that that was the problem. It was there was a lot of like fat on the second on the second disc. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I get there was a means to it, and like Pop had plans. But um, for me, this this album, like you know, it just says itself from the from the cover to you know every like the four videos that that he put out, like everything was like very very like significant and like very like memorable. Yeah, you and I, escape it. Yeah, like it was just everywhere. Like even like to this day, like even even like hearing it, like you know, it, all eyes on me. Like that's just something that you think about, and like it, it, that literally what was going on with him right and like it's like so like i wore like this particular shirt on purpose because it was like it like tupac and and mike tyson they kind of had like mirrored lives essentially Mm -hmm. where it was like like these two men like they went to jail had something to do with sexual assault they were on top of the world they had all this money all of these things and it's kind of like you know like they were just going through that like they were they were the most the biggest stars in the world i feel like obviously we know like snoop dogg's most famous rapper in the world but i definitely think like tupac rivals that and like it's like I, like Tupac is our Elvis. Like he right. is an icon. Like there's statues, murals of him everywhere. Like there's no, there, I've never gone to a city and not seen a mural of Tupac. Yeah, I I, I can understand. That. Like there's people that like literally live their lives by what this man said, and, and it's just to me, I guess like the most impressive thing is like he's 25 years old. I don't think that a lot of the now I'm about to sound like an old head, but like I don't think a lot of the newer artists. The, the the bodies of work that they made at age twenty five, I'm like living by their mantra of what they said and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, but I, I don't I don't think that's also just necessarily their fault. I think it's just society and how media is now processed. And I think nowadays uh, in the music industry, it's not designed for artists to come in and automatically think long term career. I think most rappers, most rappers, yeah. specifically. Uh, come in and um, music is a means to get their foot in other doors financially and then they stop caring about the music. Uh, music doesn't make money for people. So 
I don't think that's the reason, though. It like, did at one point. It like, did at one point, but I, I, I think now they, they realize that there's going to be very few artists in rap who are going to be able to solely eat off of their music. I think going forward. I think music still makes money for people. I just don't think money ma- music makes money for artists that make it. I think the, the record executives and all of the powers that be make all the money in the world. Oh, no, no. I I agree. When, when I'm saying that, I mean for the artists. It doesn't make money for the artists. Oh, okay. Okay, okay, okay. Because yeah. we, we know that there's people in... So when you sometimes you hear rappers talk about, or artists in general, because artists have talked about it, how they get this... Um, amount of money up front for a project or they get xyz or they don't even really get money they just get things taken care of for them mm-hmm. and a person who's not even that far up the chain is making you know 100k a year off of their backs without right but yeah but no what i was just saying is just that like at 25 years old tupac said things that like there are 50 year old men that still live by that mantra Mm-hmm. That's what I'm just saying. I'm just saying, like, what he there's said at his many, age. There's so many only God can judge me tattoos. Yeah, like what I'm, <laughs> what I'm just like. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying, Danny. I'm saying like Tupac was to be 25 years old and and to, and to have such an impact on people, right? Like, think about like the artists that like we have like coming up, like Jay Z. His career didn't start till he was 26. Yeah. Right. So what I'm just saying is, is like with Tupac, he was 25 years old and he made this body of work. And like there are people, there are grown men who like treat him like he's Jesus, and like really took in what he was saying. Most, most, like you know, like what I'm saying, like uh, okay, I'll give a prime example. My grandfather quotes Tupac lyrics to them, right? A man who really is like a fan of like the Temptations and the Spinners, yeah. Like even like Tupac and his prime, like my grandfather didn't listen to rap, but he listened to Tupac. I don't think that I don't my my dad. I asked my dad, yo, yo, did you see Megan Thee Stallion's new video? Who is that? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, yeah. it's, that's what I'm saying. Like, how times have changed and things like that. Like, that's how polarizing Tupac was. My grandfather was literally quoting Tupac raps to me. Mm-hmm. Like, he was interested to listen. I'm listening to Tupac. Like, it's really like, interesting because, yeah, like my uncle, and I mentioned my uncle George. Uh-huh. Like, um, shout out to Uncle George. He he listens to Pac. Like, he would ride around and listen to Pac when he first came to the States. Like, that was the only rapper he would listen to. Him. Um, my uncle Chris listen to Pac. So like those people that don't really rap doesn't pierce their world. Right. Either. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So like you know Pac was one of those people that for whatever reason they gravitated to because it felt like they were on the outskirts if they weren't. It felt like they weren't you know like they had to be included. In yeah. What he had going on. Agreed. Yeah. No. No. I, I get it. I guess also for me it's different because my parents are first generation immigrant. Really. Mm-hmm. So like. You know, my, my father was born here, but grew up in Puerto Rico, young age, till he came here and, and was 12, 14. Yeah. For them, you know, like, my parents, their hip-hop is, all, it's rapper's delight. Yeah. Um, and my, my mom grew up with Sugar Hill Gang and stuff mm-hmm. out there, so she, she like, that's that's their extent. Like, when my dad talks about rap, it cuts off at Run DMC. Yeah. Right. And but on the other side of that, my dad loved 50 Cent. Like he loved Fifty Cent. Oh my mom! It was hated just the story. Growing up, yo, it's the weird yeah. shit. My mom hated Fifty. Yeah, loves Fifty now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, like wow. it's it's Fifty completely entertaining. I'm like, right. mom, do you understand? Because like, she likes power. She see him. She see him act. But that's what I'm. What I'm saying, like, see, Alicia, like, they under, like. I'm telling you, my grandfather, like, gotta understand. My mom was a teenager in the '80s. He hates rap. He just likes Tupac. Like my grandfather, like, there's no rap that that makes sense to him. Like. You go back, Melon Man, Melon Man, that boy a fool. Like, like that's how my grandfather talks. Like, but for some reason, he fuck with pop. Like, that's what I'm just saying. Like, for him, like to resonate with people, like it just. Yeah, no, 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 it's I guess cool. like my grandfather. I think my grandfather probably saw an interview of his and just like what he was talking. Yeah, and and, and that just made him. That's. Fool with it. I think that was Pac's true talent. Yeah, I think his ability to convey uh, thoughts and emotions. Um was his strength and I think he would have been able to do that whether it be through music as he does through acting whatever he chose to do he was going to be able to uh have that talent Mm -hmm. so regardless for somebody like me who doesn't feel like the music catalog is all there there's other aspects of pop I do enjoy Mm -hmm. but um I still stand in my square all right cool so okay sound like we got that's gonna bring us to our ratings um Danny, you want to kick it off? 
I give it a uh, four out of five waffles. That's respectable. Okay. How about you? Three and a half out of five waffles. Okay. You care to? You have anything? I feel like. Uh, the the thing is, is that like it's a polarizing project, but it's too many tracks. Mm-hmm. The second disc, like, it's kind of like overkill. So it's like, yeah, like, all right, if you have a double disc project in front of you, like, you'll probably give the first disc a run, right? And you're like, oh man, that was great. Mm-hmm. And and that's kind of, I think, what happens with all eyes on me. And then you get to the second disc, and like, you might like skim through because you you spent so much time listening to the project. But like, when you listen, sit down with it as a whole, the second disc is not that. It's like. Yo, you could have made these bonus songs, bro. Yeah. And I think that's what happened. So for me, like, I'm just like, yeah, um, you know. So Big has the greatest double album. And- oh, yeah, we already said. We, we crowned it that, yeah. I crowned it that, yeah. I actually also made an argument as the greatest rap album of all time. But, I mean, that's on another conversation, but mm-hmm. that was for me. That, okay. You know. Um. So, yeah, I would, I feel comfortable giving this a four as well, four out of five. Um. Despite it being such a long project, I never feel I didn't feel drained re-listening to this album because there's a lot of nostalgia attached. So I couldn't really remove that from this when I was listening. Um, I named four songs. Four to still fuck with, you know, 23 songs is impressive, you know, for a we love to bash, dude. Exactly. You know, so like we still to still be able to listen this, listen to this and like um kind of put that to the side to be, you know, all the Tupac overrated talk, whatever that I've Set on this platform plenty of times, and that I put damn by. Boom down for this one. I put my yeah, you know, I should have brought the cardigan, like I said. But, um, you know, Pac Pac is a revolutionary, like, and I think I think this album is one of those ones that cemented that. And um, I would encourage anybody to listen to this album and see what you could take away from it because, you know, it really showed, you know, and I've read I've read all the stories about how it even came out and you know, how hard he worked on this. And I think, what was the album after this? Was it Down Machiavelli, Illuminati? Yeah, Machiavelli, yeah. Machiavelli, that. The seven, yeah, seven, seven, seven Day Theory. Yeah. He recorded it in four days. Yeah. And then... The three, last three days, he just chilled. Yeah, the last there. three days was the mixing and mastering that yeah. I had to go through. Like, it's just... It's crazy. Like, he... he was I mean, shit, he recorded, he recorded this in, in, in two weeks. Yeah. So. I think the Illuminati might be my favorite. Uh, um... And and I think well, and I respect, talk about it. I respect I respect Pop for like you know his work ethic and like what he put out there and like I said, you guys, when you when you take in this um this episode, I want you to go back revisit this album. Let us know what you think. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm First Class Reg and I'm Tori and B and we are out of here. We'll catch you guys next time. Dun dun.